You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Amy, proudly the doers of insurance. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash, with Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Good morning, everybody. Wherever you are in Tasmania, around the world, listening on the SEN app, it's time for Flash and AJ, for Amy, the doers of insurance and Harrison Agents, Tasmanian real estate experts. We're live on SEN Tassie, across Tasmania, and the SEN app. David Lithgow with you this morning. And I'm joined by my old pal, Jackie Boy, just sunning up for a few weeks. Uh, Alex Johnson's with us again, mate, by popular demand, might <laughs> good, I add. Good morning, Flash. Yes, Jack out, me in, opted for the uh, smaller, slower, fatter type. It's lovely. Mm. Mm. And we're sitting here in uh, Flash Lithgow's real estate emporium in uh, Salamanca, and it is a gorgeous Amazing. Tasmanian morning. It is, isn't We've it? We've been ravaged by weather. The last uh, couple of weeks, and um, thoughts are with those in the north. Well, and I was going to say we're ravaged, but we got away with it pretty scot free well, down here, didn't we? But in the southern end, we did, yeah, absolutely. But um, I spent the first two days of the week uh, in and around the north and yes. went to Deloraine and um, talked to some people who've got a long clean up ahead of them. So our thoughts are with them. Well, what did you see up there? If we just add to that, what did you see when you were up Deloraine Way? Well, the feeling was that they had more warning than in 2016, so towns sure. like Deloraine and Latrobe could get the word out quickly, but that didn't stop. Uh, a lot of damage being done, um, water levels reached even higher than 2016, and you know, no matter how well you plan, if it gets her up, up around your ears, interviewed one guy who um, he came up above his head at the uh, haulage business that he's got, and probably half a million dollars worth of damage, and... Thankfully, no one was hurt. That's the main thing. Sure. But um, it's a long clean-up and some big questions need to be asked about how do we make sure we're safe and sound if it happens again because these extreme weather events obviously have been pretty common lately. But um, So our thoughts are with all of those good folk in the north yes. because um, I'm sure there's a lot of cleaning up still happening and more rain on the way today. But down south, it is a stunning morning. Oh my we're gosh. very, very, very lucky. Well, we're obviously today. Today is hot, actually. I think it's going to reach a, reach a top of 24, um, which is tremendous. The last day, two of the T20 World Cup preliminary games. Um, have you been? You caught much of that? We've had plenty of it on the news mm. and catching mm. up with the the plucky Irishman, and, the, and uh, obviously we're on the Scott Scotland bandwagon here. At oh, that reminds me. I've got something for you down here. Oh, that's um, like I'll a come treat. Ba- I'll, I'll come back to that. It's, it's nice a, and purple and blue. I hope it's in a triple XL. Uh, it's decent size, actually. You might uh, might benefit 
benefit from it. I think it's been absolutely fantastic, this whole tournament. So, Give us the equation. Who looks like going through from our group? No idea, because the equation now sits with the West Indies, Ireland, Scotland and Zimbabwe have all played two games. They've all won one and they've all lost one. And at different times, all of those four teams have looked clearly superior than the other three, but the other times they've looked uh, pedestrian. Um, as, David, back, as David Mackay would say on ABC Radio, we've got legend. the close one. Yeah, that's right. What a legend We've got was. the close one then. Well, we do, and it's been fascinating. Um, recap back to day one, of course, the big upset was Scotland uh, beating the West Indies, of course, and that was just tremendous viewing. And I've, I mean, I've... What I've taken out of this tournament so far is how seriously important it is for the context of World Cup cricket and cricket itself. Of course, in Geelong, uh, Namibia, UAE, Mm. uh, the Netherlands and Sri Lanka are playing. We've seen seen Namibia defeat the Sri Lanka. Uh, In terms of the growth for World Cricket, I find this tournament that we're playing now has been absolutely pivotal to see the emotion and the passion from, uh, well, all the teams. They've all had their moments because they've all won one, they've all lost one. It's every bit like, um, I'm not trying to put on the same level, but it's almost like when Australia beat Uruguay in 2006, it's probably still the number one biggest game that we can remember as Australian Socceroos supporters, yet it wasn't even the main group. It wasn't Mm. even in the main stage, and I feel a little sense of a similar pattern here. Um, Only two teams go through. Uh, from both groups, and then obviously we'll get the crossover games on Sunday, which is awfully exciting, and then South Africa's in town for one game, but I tell you what, there's some good cricketers. Every every team... Who have, have you been impressed by so far Well, the games the, you've called? I te- well, the quicks, the quicks in general, um, every team every team has them. Um, Ireland with McCarthy and Little. Little bowls right arm fast, and he just wants to hit you in the beak every time. He starts with a bouncer quite often. He's bowling high 130s. Um, he's at you. Uh, Curtis Camper, though, the other day against Scotland. My golly, was that. I mean, Scotland, Scotland would be kicking themselves because they absolutely were... All but over the line there, and that was one of the great comebacks you ever see. Curtis Camper making 72 off 32 deliveries, and that was just extraordinary. I mean, that's as good as that's as good as hitting you'll see. And of course, that was coming on the back of a two for two for 10 or 11 in the first innings. Um, the West Indies have got multiple quicks. McCoy's exciting. Joseph is fast, you know, mid 140s, and he's coming at your armpits every time. Mm. Um, and then Mazarabani for Zimbabwe, six foot six foot eight, I reckon he is. Um, so exciting! He's got his body right. He's healthy. Um, so all of the all of the teams across the board have got some significant talent. You look at the Irish team; ten of them or nine of the squad are born in Dublin. And then you look at the Scottish team, and it's filled with local Scots. It's mm, not just the expat, English, lot, South African. Yeah. Although, I must say, Curtis Camper, South African-born, he played with South Africa under-19s. Then he moved uh, to Ireland where his grandmother was Irish and he um, he was in tears the other day. But Probably I te- thinking I, about all that IPL money he's going to get after Well, all, all BBL money. I mean, I, we talked about that. I mean, does, does someone like Curtis Camper, you know, get the antennas up for some of the clubs in this country because... That was incredible. But I, my overwhelming feeling, again, I'll rehash what I said a few minutes ago, is that it's just so good for the game to get these 
Well, is minnows the right word? I guess. Uh, to, to, I mean, they're all they're all got a lot better than what they were twenty years ago. Ireland's a lot better than what they were when we watched of them cu- come in for the World Cup fifty over format twenty years ago. But I, I love what that's doing. I love that what that's doing for cricket. Good having them here too. We caught up with Adair, the Irishman, yesterday uh, down at um, the Twin Ovals at Kingston. They were taking a clinic and just having an absolute ball of the time. Yes, giving back. You know, in between you know important games. No, I think it's been an overwhelming success, this little tournament. It has. And, and people seem to be embracing it, and with the weather today, well, oh. no, no excuses. Well, that was the query the other day, because the, the weather forecast has been a little bit iffy this week, and early on in the week it looked like today was going to be dicey. Well, it's not going to be dicey at all, I don't think. Maybe it's, a little shower late. Maybe a little shower late, correct. It'll be warm enough to not worry about that too much. Yeah. They said it's going to get to 25 at Huonville on the radio when I was it, driving in. I, I do take that back because remember we've got the, the games at 3 o'clock and 7 o'clock and there is a little bit of rain after 8pm tonight. We just hope that that doesn't uh, affect the mm, game because it really is set up. So today, of course, the West Indies uh, will be taking on Ireland and Zimbabwe taking on Scotland, so it's absolutely up for grabs. Nobody knows who's going to win, and that's terribly, terribly exciting. Can't wait to see West Indies, West Indies, and Ireland. The first game at three pm, and then obviously tomorrow uh, back back in Geelong, where well, well, the World Cup will kick off with Australia playing New Zealand, and then England are playing Afghanistan. Um, so the main group stuff starts to roll out this weekend, even though we're still finalising the tournament down here, of course. So it's really, really. Really exciting. Sri Lanka come down uh, and they play the runner-up from Group B to start the tournament um, on on Monday. So beautiful. It is good. It is good. Now, listen. What about? I need to talk to you about this. What are we making about this Ross Lyons? I thought you were going to mention Liz Truss only lasting <coughs> forty-four days as the UK Prime Minister. I've had colds that have lasted longer than forty-four days. Unbelievable! How are the Tories going over Just there? Just struggling a little at the moment. <laughs> oh, uh, taking their leaf out of uh, the Labor Party in Australia's book about ten years ago, I think, changing leader at the drop of a hat. So, it'd be very interesting to see whether your friend Boris can make a triumphant return. That would be hello. Like, uh, that would be like, uh, he does add a little bit of razzle-dazzle like you, but um, who knows? Which... Sorry, I interrupted you. You're talking about Brett Ratton, not uh, well, Liz Truss. Another I... unfortunate departure. Listen, I've got several bits of audio here, and I'm with Ross Lyon, I, wanna, I want you to take a close listen to this. One, he's talking about how his heart's opened up to the option, maybe, of coaching against St Kilda. He wants to change the narrative at the Saints, and then he mentions about... Brett Ratton's departure. Let's just have a little of these three grabs from Ross Lyon now. We're very close and um, giving both parties time to do the, you know, ERP, their, their due diligence and um, hopefully get across the line in the not too distant future. Things are pointing that way. Like, I'm keen. Like, my heart's been opened up to St Kilda through through um, Andrew and Simon and, and their board. I don't like the narrative around St Kilda sort of yeah, maybe, maybe it's deserved, or but but I think you know sometimes it's a bit disrespectful. So um, hopefully you know we can get to a point where I'm able to roll up the sleeves and get in and help change that. Hopefully, look, it's brutal. I've been on the end of it, but sometimes clubs make decisions they think's best, and you don't always agree with them yourself. But you, you need to respect them. 
Yeah, so there was Ross, the boss. I find this I find this exciting, actually. I'm a bit of a Ross Lyon fan, and this is very mixed reports across the board, especially with St Kilda's people who think that they left... Well, last time he left their list an absolute disgrace of a position. Um, it's an interesting one. I'm interested in your thoughts. Well, Ross Lyon had a very uh, positive winning record as uh, Saints coach, 63, 63%. And uh, they would kill for that at the moment because they are in the uh, midst of mediocrity. And I do despair for Saints fans like my dear old Uncle Phil. They, they got very close a couple of times, but a premiership now seems an eternity away. So I don't mind the fact they're rolling the dice, uh, but I still can't believe how fickle they were with Ratton. And I'm in the, in the same boat as Essendon, just a sort of panic stations. Yes, and I don't panic stations. really understand it. And I think... Um, as we've uh, learned over the years, uh, it takes hard work to change that narrative that Ross Lyon's talking about. And it's it's incredible, really, that the um, narrative around St Kilda has turned so negative so, you know, in a matter of years after they were super competitive and should have won a flag, should maybe could have won two, um, and now they're sort of seen as uh, a perennial disappointment. I'd... Don't think Ross is as uh, sort of suited as he might have been 10 years ago when the defensive uh, style was dominating. I mean, the last um, couple of seasons of footy, you've seen the success of Collingwood and uh, Geelong, obviously. Uh, you've got to take the game on. Can Ross coach that way? Good question. I, I certainly can be flexible. But time will tell when you're right about that list. Where's the list at? In terms of the Brett Ratton scenario, I was just lucky enough to be in the car yesterday when former victory coach Ernie Merrick, who's been a part of St Kilda's setup. He was actually on game day there. He was three days a week. He was in for game day, reviews, etc. So he was front and centre mm. with the Brett Ratton scenario. Um, Ernie Merrick with Jared yesterday. Golly, you want to talk I about... I haven't heard you this want to talk about talked it up. Well, you've talked it up on got, the scathing metre. Yep. Well, we've got a little grab here. Let's I have a listen. this isn't underwhelming. No, it won't be. The difference is Geelong had Frank Costa in support of Bomber Thompson and Richmond had Peggy O'Neill in support of Damien Hardwick. And to me, the board's got a lot to answer for. Mm. Yeah, okay. I didn't uh, knock my socks off. No, but I... no, I thought we'd get a little bit more than that, actually. But he, he very much um, massive supporter of Brett, Brett, Brett Ratton. And he it sounded like Merrick really had a... Well, we had a conversation with the board the day before. Um, he got sacked again, and he very much taken by surprise in this how in this how the whole situation unfolded. Mixed reports with Ratton. I mentioned last week. I had a conversation with one of the current players on the list, and without certainly mentioning some names, but he said, "Mate, Brett Ratton was very underwhelming as a coach." Oh. So, um, what do you know? Goodness the tall speculation. That's a scoop. Well, you know, it's one of those things we've heard it over the years about when coaches down here have been, you know, questioned whether they're the right person for the job. And I've always said, well, unless you're in the rooms and actually dealing with a front and centre, it's a lot of hearsay and yet it's hard to make an opinion for yourself, isn't Here's it? Here's a broader question then. I mean, you speak to a lot of um, players playing the game, not just AFL footballers, but uh, cricketers as well. What do you think makes a great modern coach? Great are they question. Look, are they looking for someone who is 
tactically astute or do the players have that under control themselves and therefore they're looking for someone whose pastoral care is good, who knows what to say at the right time, who changes their style to motivate different players because I imagine different players are, are motivated in very different ways. What are, From the players you talk to, what, what resonates as a coach? Uh, I think the modern day coach has to be, pastoral care almost has to be first, first of mind for mine because we live in such a diverse culture now with different um, angles, different nationalities, even in our game, in our uh, the AFL now, which is terrific, and different personalities and different temperaments and how you handle that. And, you know, the old adage now will be um, oh, the young boys and girls, they don't handle it like they used to do. They say that people are not brutal on players as much. You're not as scathing um, perhaps behind doors as what you need to be. And that's critical. You've got to... You've got to have the ability, I think, to be able to relate to all different players, older and younger, and sympathise and have empathy. And I think that's got to be a starting point. Empathy is, we wouldn't have, um, I mean, 15, 20 years ago, you would have laughed at that, said that's got to be one of your strong suits to be a coach. But I think that's right at the top of the list. I mean, do you agree? I do. And it's not just like on sort of touchy-feely things. No, it's, it's sort not. Of empathy around football as well and being cons- consistent across your group so you, you're not a hypocrite and you're not treating some players differently than exactly. other players based on their past performances. I'm sure that must make players eye roll, eyes roll when their teammates get uh, chariot ride. So it'll be interesting to see whether will. Ross, what, is it now 4.0? Yep. Is any different than the versions we've seen before? I'm I'm going to put my head on the line and say it's going to be a disaster. Well, yeah. you might be right because I'm not sure there's a list there. Coming up after half past seven, we're going to talk to Cam Luke. We're going to talk all mm, things ever Scorfield Cups, Cox Plate tomorrow. Wow, Zaki Animo, Mr. Uh, Mr. Brightside, Alligator Blood, Alligator Blood. There's and the Mankato tonight, of course, which is really exciting. Great to have your company wherever you're listening this morning. David Lithgow and Alex Johnson with you here. We'll be back after a break. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Amy, proudly the doers of insurance. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. David Lithgow and Alex Johnson with you. Good morning to wherever you are listening around this wonderful little Apple Isles. We don't call it Apple Isle anymore, do we? But this little island state that we have here. Got a couple of texts coming through. Send us one in 0437 552535. from Lindisfarne. Clearly not a Ross Lyon fan. He said, give me a spell, Ross Lyon. He ain't working in 2022. Thank you, Gerard, for your comments. A regular here on the program. Um, oh well, he might not. I mean, you've said that, and I and I wonder, and I think the you know the list is the big query, isn't it? That is the big issue. Yeah, I mean, they were pretty underwhelming. Um, you know, at the start of last year, you thought they were going to be at least fighting for the bottom half of the eight. Yes, and they really didn't raise a yelp. You know, a few good performances, and then down for two weeks. And uh, yeah, I don't know. They've got a lot of sort of medium. Midfielders, you know, guys that can rack up a few possessions but don't seem to cut the game open. I did like the guy down black back with the long hair. He's a pretty good player, but um, uh, I don't know. What do you think? What are they going to? What do they need? Uh, yeah, they need a little bit more talent. I think I don't know that they're actually 
good enough. Look, they had some in, they had some injuries last year. I mean, they had they, they, Ryder was a Ryder was in really good touch, and he went down, and they lost Gresham for a lot of the period. Uh, he has got X Factor Gresham. He has still missed some footy to, in the middle part of the year. Ryan Marshall has had his injury problems. Max King can't kick. Max King, it's interesting. I lost that one point, that game in Cairns Didn't by his points. Did come good at the end? Yeah, he did last game. Second last game, he kicked six points. They lose by a kick or whatever it was. And, you know, they win one more of those games. They play finals. We're not having this conversation. Brett Ratton's still That's the coach. True. Yeah, good point. He's... Uh, it's fickle, I tell you. It's like politics, you know? It is. I, I like your comparison, Essendon and St Kilda. I mean, that, that resonates a bit with me, but... In fairness, at least St Kilda have had a, a mild little bit of success over the last, well, it's been a while now, 2008, 9, 10 since they were rolling. When was the last successful Western season? Well, were, like when I you were... sat back and said, yep, nah, that was okay. Oh, oh, the year before last was okay. It I, I was. got to see them play a final was. at Utah you Stadium. That was... Okay, they... before but, that? Yeah, I mean... 2004, last time we won a final, I was about 70 kilos then. And now, probably I'm more than 70. So that's an idea of how long ago. I mean, uh, I watched that final at the Vic Tav. Oh, did you? And that ages that that final as well. So anyway, it's underwhelming. I mean, Essendon and St Kilda fans, we feel a bit the same, you know, like, give us a break and then... You look at the successful teams, like, God, if you're a Geelong fan, how good's life? Well, that's right. Uh, look, I'll touch on this before we go. We've got a grab here from Gill. Uh, oh, we haven't talked about the no, AFL bid. No. Well, Albo was in town. Well, Did you catch up? No, we'll get to that. No. Um, Gill's got a grab here about the Hawthorne racism panel because it's really interesting now. It really looks like we're going towards a, a situation where Fagan and Clarkson are going to resume their uh, respective jobs. Let's have a listen to what Gill said yesterday on Fox Footy. AFL employees such as Alastair Clarkson and Chris Fagan will be compelled to appear before the independent panel investigating historic racism at Hawthorne. But the AFL has no guarantees the complainants will also choose to appear. We can only do what we ask. We were asked by the complainants to put this together and that will be their decision we respect it. I'm optimistic they they will, but we don't have those guarantees. The true independence of the panel has been questioned by the families of players at the heart of the review. The panel was set up by the AFL and is free to make its own recommendations. But it will be the AFL Commission who have the final say on any sanctions. We were asked to look at this. We've made the decision to put an independent panel in place. We have. The AFL has. We've mounted that independent panel today. I feel we are taking this incredibly seriously. And we are doing as we've been asked to do in the most, uh, in a very difficult circumstance. But we made the decision, Nick, to appoint an independent panel. The investigation's terms of reference will be made public, as will the recommendations from the independent panel's report. The AFL are hopeful the process won't extend into next year. In the terms of reference, there is um, a set of a timetable that's established that would uh, see a, the report finalised pre-Christmas. Well, um, Gill's very much mentioned to everybody if they were loud and clear, it's we. He said that we 15 times then. He sort, they've sorted it. It's really hard to know, isn't it? This is a very, very, very delicate conversation. 
Oh, it's extraordinary. And I don't know how we get to the stage where we I don't can, know we can um, give people the confidence to speak out yes. and to be honest. And we look at um, harsh realities in this world, but yes. also we keep an open mind about uh, the people involved and until the process has um, been independently run. It's so fraught. Um, I feel for everyone involved. Um, look, if the allegations are true, it's a terrible thing. Any sort of manipulation of a young person like that, you know, footies, we love footy, but it's not as important no. as um, your health and your uh, family and all those sort of things. So, um, look, who knows how this is going to end. I, I like the way Gil handles these things. I've got a lot of time for him, actually. David Lithgow and Alex Johnson with you this morning, rolling through the program for the first time this morning. Great to have Anna Pavlou in the newsroom. Runner here on the Everest and Nature Strip, given the cue by McDonald, and the champ races to the lead by Lincoln Eduardo. Privatised running on, then came over past shades of both Giacomo and Giga Kick. Nature Strip a length in front. Privatised! Giga Kick! Giga Kick down the outside wins the Everest! Oh boy, Darren Flindell was right up on his toes. What a performance that was from the three-year-old gig kick. And I'm really excited to have our next guest to talk about this from SEN Track. Good morning, Cam Luke. How are you going, pal? I'm doing well, boys. How are you doing? Good. Thank you, mate. Uh, let's start with the three-year-old. We actually had Craig Froggy Newitt on here a couple of weeks ago. And, of course, he's got... That really good three-year-old, which will... Burn as notches. Burn as notches, which will... Oh, I think your pronunciation takes uh, a little I, bit... I'm pretty sure I've not got it right once yet, but... I think Flash is fluent in Spanish, Luke. Well, Giga Kick, of course, beat <laughs> it by a lip, and those two will meet uh, back in the in the Coolmore. That's next Saturday, of course, isn't it? Have I got my order right there? I think it is. It's next Saturday. So yeah, yeah. It, it, it was, it was, Froggy gave us the tip. He said, back giga kick. I was actually on, which was good. I was on Private Eye too with the Quinella. Not that we can tell from your voice. No, like, not on. at all. Um, what did you make of it, Cam? It was an extraordinary performance down the middle of the track from the three-year-old. It, it was. That, that, meant, that race you mentioned, the Dane Hill of Flemington a couple of weeks ago, had me a little concerned uh, we had Clayton Douglas on SEN track on Caulfield Guineas Day, and I, I asked him the question about Giga Kick running out a really strong 1,200 at this time of his prep. That, that race was 1,100 metres, the one you mentioned before. So I was a little concerned, but he said, I've got plenty left in the tank in this horse, and I was lucky enough to be in Sydney last week. And I'll be honest, I, I had him in my quaddy, but I was fairly confident that if Nature Strip got beat, it would be another three-year-old Jackano who ran over the top of him. But... Uh, Craig Williams had a, uh, a, a nice really position, great deal of speed as you'd expect and his, uh, his ability to go to another level surprised me at this time in his career but it's, it's set up what's going to be a wonderful cool more and also what's going to be a wonderful training career for Clayton Douglas. It's, um, you know, 27 years away, he's been well documented and every now and then, you need a little bit of luck. Snapdancer gets injured, that slot ends up going to Giga Kick who wouldn't have been in the race had Snapdancer not a gone to miss for the spring. A little bit of luck. Next thing you know, the whole world gets to see what Clayton Douglas can do when it comes to training. We know he's a great jump jockey and has been for a while. So um, it, it just continues to, to whet the appetite to be able to go to that next level, what he has been able to do. And then the Coolmore next week, as you mentioned, is going to be unbelievably good. So it has been the race of the of the carnival a number of times in previous it years has. around Flemington. and. I think next week's going to be, um, you know, somewhat similar. 
Cam, what are your thoughts on the Everest overall? Obviously, a lot of money um, and not a lot of history yet. Um, from my point of view, the fact that you can see it won by a three-year-old or then you could come back with an old sprinter like, you know, obviously Nature Strip won last year. Do you think um, the race is growing in stature outside Sydney? Well, I couldn't wait to get up there. Of course, the pandemic had probably been a situation where someone like myself being a Melbourneian hadn't been able to get to it, as you mentioned, relatively new, only starting in 2017. So uh, last week was my first time at Randwick for the Everest and I loved it and I think what Peter Volandis has done and what he's been able to do is not really different to what say the VRC have done for the last 30 odd years with the Flemington four day carnival what the Australian Open has done um, when it comes to uh, you know how they have turned it into a party where it has to be the place you have to go so it's not necessarily all about people who love racing and I know there's traditionalists who are like oh hang on you know, it's like, you know what? You want to cram 45,000 people, a lot of them are young race goers, That's into, right. a, into a uh, racetrack that necessarily you wouldn't have got there. That's not a bad thing. Cool. 90% of them wouldn't know what the hell or who the hell Giga Kick or who Clayton Douglas or who Craig Williams was. But I also think that some of the best racing and sporting events we have has been built on that. The grand final's not dissimilar. I understand the argument around the corporates. But you know what? That's how these these sports and these governing bodies make money. Super Bowl, and, um, that's right. When we look at it, Super Bowl, uh, yep. you know, geez, yeah, it, it's like, I get the traditional... Champions League final. If you final. want to have just, you know, you know, you know no, we're going to have racing people there. Well, there might only be 10,000 diehard racing people who care about the Everest. There's 30,000 who pump money in by drinking and eating and dancing and whatever the hell they pay to get cash going into it. So, um, I, look, I was with a group of, of Melbournians. There were six of us. None of us had been before. We're already talking about it being an annual thing. Fantastic. with the Caulfield Cup's not ideal, but it is what it is, and I think it's going to continue to grow. It'll never get Group 1 status. I don't think Peter Volandis cares, to be fair. He told us on SCN track last year he didn't really care if it does or not, and the, the calibre of the field and the people who take an interest in it clearly don't care either. Which, by the way, is absolutely ridiculous, and I just don't understand how that continues to be the conversation. Why? I mean, come on. Why hasn't it got group? Well, why can't they just sort that out? I mean, oh, look, it's interesting. This year, for me, turned things a little bit. I've always, you know, with the new mark and the TJ Smith, etc. Because it's got the history, and we love history, Cam, don't we? Of course, but we do. This is a great. Well, this is a great event, and I don't mind it um, now on Caulfield Cup Day. I love the fact that we can look up up to Sydney and look. It wasn't the strongest edition of the Caulfield Cup, but we love the Caulfield Cup. You know, and absolutely, I think it, I think it worked quite well. Yeah, it does take yeah, the place off the Caulfield Cup. Oh, sorry, you go, Cam. Oh, look, I tell you what, I don't know if it does. As a punter and a, and a racing lover, like the the only thing that really essentially might be a little complicated when it comes to is a jockey having to make a decision yes. if he's got a good Caulfield Cup rider if he's going to stay in Sydney. Now, I also understand that, but that happens in all sports That's all right, the time, and. Like you know what? If we're if, if the biggest the biggest thing right now that people can lean on is yeah, but hang on, James McDonald will might not ride in the Caulfield Cup for a couple of years or a Caulfield. He's like, oh well, boo-hoo. He's the best jockey in the world. I get it, and he would love to ride in both. But what's the other option? Not having the Everest? Yeah, I I, I think that the actual arguments that people rely on in this chat are starting to run a little thin.
What about tomorrow? Let's move on to the Cox Place. Well, can we move on tonight first of all? Oh, well, just quick Manicardo, one for Cam. Sure. Why didn't uh, Godolphin run Paul Laley in the Everest? And what? And is that a certainty to win tonight? Do you think? I, I yeah, look deserves favouritism. I think they didn't run it in the Everest because they didn't think he could win the Everest, and they wouldn't have been able to back it up in a Group One that they think they can win tonight. That's the only. That's the only reason I can think of. I, I did couple of weeks ago when their slot was still open, I thought it would end up being for Laley. It was very hard to beat. I think the race sets for Cool and Gatter, though. Uh, she has to run a really strong 1,200, which, you know, every now and then might be the question. But she was able to, I think, third up into her prep. They train her specifically really well for these type of races, uh, Mara and you. So I think Cool and Gatter, in what is a very open... Very open Manicato, but I think she'll be very hard to beat. Pulele deserves to be right up there at the top of the markets. But I think that's why they didn't uh, run him last week, because they didn't think he could win, which he couldn't. And then uh, I think they're like, well, we'll get a group one opportunity in the Manicato six days later. Like 51 it. kilos, of course, cool and gather as well. I mean, that that's the key, isn't it? The, it's just it's going to go around with feathers. It's about $6. Tomorrow is a... Well, I think it's... I think it's an elite version of the Cox Plate. It's got a it's got a lineup. We understand at the top with Anima. I mean, history on its side in terms of you know we, if that wins tomorrow, that really elevates. It. I, I heard Bruce McAvaney talking with Jared yesterday about you know he, he puts it right along. So you think Anima if it wins tomorrow, which is an enormous comment, but. It really does set up. We've got different layers in the field. Um, how have you separated them, Cam? I, I, I've got to be honest and transparent here. I've, I've, I've had a, I had a futures bet last August uh, on I'm Thunderstruck to win this year's Cox Plate. So I've been oh, fairly financially over, invested. And I'm just... I've spent this week, in the last sort of two weeks, trying to work out which way I'm going to hedge. And I've actually landed on Zaki. I was there on um, on Tuesday at the at the breakfast. Yeah, Cox Plate's different because you get to choose what barrier you get to jump out of. You know, obviously you have the the numbers that are in a uh, in a little bucket in a barrel. They pull out a number, and then if it's your horse's number, you then get to choose what they get. And the connections were very, very, very excited when they were able to to choose, or they chose first in barrier one. The thing that I like about Zaki, I think he gets the most out of the might and power. A couple of weeks ago, he'll come on the most. I think Annabelle Nisham, who remarkably so young into her career, has got three runners in the race. I think she has just been hell-bent on one particular race, and it's tomorrow after what happened last year where he was scratched on race morning. I also think that with the way that the track is going to play, Jamie Carr's going to allow this horse to roll out in front. I think El, uh, El Bodegon's going to go forward as well and try and sit up on the outside, who's really the X factor. But I think a lot of talk about the rail being off by the 600, maybe by the 800 coming down the side, Jamie Carr will come off the rails and she'll be able to dictate to everyone. She'll be able to have first choice as to where she goes. So I think you'll come down by the 1,000, that top corner down by about the 900, and she'll start to inch off the rails if, in fact, after the 16 previous races uh, tonight and tomorrow, the rail is off. And I think he's just cruising along. I, I think this is Zaki's. Animo is a superstar, but my concern with Animo is... Um, with a couple of horses that I think will go forward, interestingly enough, I reckon one of Annabelle Neesham's other horses, Mwanga, might go forward. Profondo, gold trip in the blinkers for the first time after a great Caulfield Cup. I think Animo's going to be maybe a pair back further than he was at Caulfield. And I think he's going to need 
He's got the best jockey in the world, by the way, on him. He's just going to need a little bit of luck. The horse is a superstar, regardless of what happens tomorrow. If he wins tomorrow, far bad for me to disagree with Bruce, but I think he's still a, just a smidge behind, so you think. But he's still got time to turn that around. I think Zaki, by about the 600, might be a couple of lengths in front. And I think Animo, I think it's a, not quite a two-horse race because I want I'm Thunderstruck to win the race for obvious financial reasons. But I think the two horses we've spoken about for almost 12 months will be the two horses eyeballing themselves in the straight. Zaki will have the lead, and Animo's going to try and run him down. I, I think it's going to be a remarkable, a remarkable two minutes in sport. And I just can't wait to be back there, boys. Three years since we've seen Lee Grisher do it for Japan. Who would have had any idea that we haven't been able to be on track? And tomorrow we're going to be crammed in, ready to go. Cam, thanks for joining us, mate. We could talk to you for another 20 minutes. I'd love to touch on the jack jumpers. We'll save it for another go, another day. Great to hear your voice, mate. Mate, I went to Melbourne United last night. I don't want to talk about NBL. Uh, secondly, I will tell you this. Uh, Parkley Square, best of the days tomorrow for me, boys. Win the Vars and then I'll win the Victoria Derby. A week later. Great chatting, boys. We'll talk. Cam too, Luke Cam. from SEN Track. We'll go to a break and come back shortly. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Amy, proudly the doers of insurance. On SEN Tassie, One, two, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Terrific to have your company, David Lithgow and Alex Johnson, with you this morning in a stunning, and I, I'm, when I say stunning, I, I can't downplay that, AJ. It is a beautiful morning. There's a, a lot of wind around. Flash is sometimes prone to hyperbole, but mm. stunning actually undersells how nice a morning bit. it is here in Salamanca. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Cam Luke was great. We could have talked a lot more racing too, because it, it is an exciting time of the year. Um, look, you know what I'm excited about the Coolmore next week maybe Froggy knew he told us two weeks ago he said giga kick he said I, I want you to be on it each way in the or words to that effect uh, in the Everest mate I, I'm not sure that Matty Smith's Spanish name star which you say much better sprinter I should Boy, say is, 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 is that might be better than giga kick <laughs> I should have won I should have beat the last time it's merits Anyway, that's what I'm looking for. The cool more next week. The Cox Plate tomorrow is a beauty. Who do you like, by the way? What's your... Well, uh, I disagree with Cam. I think Animo is a moral. Right. Uh, what Stand in the queue sort of operation. What we saw last start, Gee. it looked out of shape on the turn. Yes. It looked on the wrong leg. It looked... Uh, it did. It had no momentum. And I haven't honestly seen a horse go from having no momentum to regaining momentum since that famous... Lonro victory in the Australian Cup. It got off the canvas in a way against chasing down two very good horses in that last start. I was in front of was Thunderstruck and I'm Thunderstruck and he um, went past both of them. Uh, I just think it wins. I think uh, I don't agree that it needs luck. I think um, McDonald won't get it into a bad spot from gate four. Uh, Yeah, I think Animo. I mean, should have won last last time. extraordinary uh, turn of events there. Yes. Um, it just wins. There you go. If I was a betting man or if I, um, you know, Jack might lend me a few dollars to put on, maybe. 
I don't think Will is reasonably savvy with his Tight. That's with why his, he has his, money and I don't, I guess, because he don't lend coin. it to anyone. Yeah, okay, well, uh, I'll look, start a GoFundMe or something. Look, I uh, I will be um, I'll be working around. I'm thunderstruck and my old favourite, Alligator Blood. And I think if he can get a little bit more peace, I like what Cam said about there's going to be leaders coming from everywhere. Manunga's going to be up on the pace. Um, what about the three-year-old from Europe? I mean, we're not sure, you know, what what's that going to do? It's got some terrific form lines of it, of its own. Um, it's a ripper race. It is a apps and it is deep. I know you've got Animo, and maybe it is at two dollars thirty or forty, whatever it is. A but maybe that gets out to two seventy or eighty tomorrow. Just purely because of the depth of the field, obviously starting with Zaki, the top weight. Yeah, you could be right. I mean, it's not going to start Winks prices, is it? No. But, um... I just think the answer's staring us in the face. I mean, its form is impeccable. Yes. So we'll see. If you have me on again, maybe I'll eat, maybe I'll owe you three steak dinners. Yes, well, yeah, I'd like to see just the first one to be a nice um, <laughs> nice starting point, really. But, yeah, that that's... And then that, what wins the Melbourne Cup, Flash? Well, jeepers. Um, I mean, the problem with that is, of course, we're still... What are we still... There's still probably 50... We're still 50-ish... Um, horses that are, I guess, that want to get there and then trying to get there. Um, yeah, I, I, look, I need to wait on that. And I think we'll get a little bit... We've got the Vars... Sorry, we've got the the 2,500-metre race. Forgive me, name escapes me. Coming up tomorrow. Um, Jeepers. I mean, what, it's, or is that tonight? Is the 2,500-metre race tonight? I think it is. Yeah, there's one tonight. Um, and that's going to have a little bit of form... Uh, come out of it. Um, and then there's the Mooney Valley Gold Cup tomorrow. Mooney Valley Gold Cup tomorrow. That's, That's what, what I you meant. Yep. Francesca Gusti back in for Waller. No Craig Newt on that. James McDonald. These these names have got you. The yeah, horse Gisti. is called Francesco Gardi. Gardi. That's right. Italian Spanish. Mm. Um, and that was a bottler last start. I think that starts favourite in the in the Moody Valley Cup Shame tomorrow. that Froggy didn't get the ride this time. No, well... A little unknown jockey called James McDonald. Yes, board, so. might, might be the best of the lot. Who has Froggy got on got tomorrow? Nothing. Yeah. Oh. No, he'll be at uh, he'll be at the Bush Sun waiting for next week at Flemington. Oh, well, fingers crossed, because um, he was very generous with his time, and, yeah, if we had have followed him in on Giga Kick. Sounds like you I did. did. I did. I did follow him up on Giga Kick. And, yeah, look, he, he, he said, he said, I reckon, I asked him, where is your group one coming from, Craig? And he spelled it out, and mm. he might be right. He gets a, he gets a significant opportunity. Uh, second hour is a beauty. We're going to have yeah. Jared Bairstow coming up this afternoon. The Jack Jumpers, that's a nice little comeback Speaking from Speaking of changing them, momentum, the it's been animo-like, hasn't it? None from three, and then they've won the last three, uh, and they've won on the road. They beat Adelaide on the road. They beat Melbourne on the road. Of course, Cairns beat in Melbourne last night. It's a terrific competition. Um, it really is. It really looks super even. And later in the hour, we've got Alex Doolan. Looking forward to the second hour. Oh, David oh, Lithgow, the beautiful bat. The beautiful bat. Alex Johnson with you this morning in a glorious morning here in Hobart. Good morning, everybody, here for the second hour. David Lithgow, Alex Johnson with you for Amy, the doers of insurance and Harrison Agents, Tasmanian real estate experts. We're live on SEN Tasmania, across Tasmania, and on the SEN app here in the loft at Harrison Agents, the middle of Salamanca, and um, the day's not deteriorating, I can promise you, Alex Johnson. Been selling a few this week, Flash? 
things are busy. Yeah, things are busy. It's interesting, um, interesting time in real estate here in Tassie. It's uh, the winter's been a little bit cooler, but it, my word, it needed to be after we've all seen the two booms over after the last five or six years. But what it is with Tassie is we don't have much land. We're not a big place, and we don't have many houses, and a lot of people want to live here. Mm. So eventually, that will. Um, take care of itself what will take care of itself is the final day of the mini tournament alex here in hobart today west indies uh scotland Ireland, zimbabwe all playing for two spots and my very tail finish really very tail finish is absolutely perfect and i've been with this guy all week alex Doolan. good morning to you young man we've enjoyed what we've seen so far good morning flash good morning nuts yeah it's been it's been a great start to the tournament hasn't it Really has, and and I, I we walked in for the for the first game games on Monday, and we were a little bit undecided about what we thought was going to happen, and, and and how we weighed up the teams. We knew the West Indies top order was a bit fragile. We knew there was some terrific quicks around for a lot of the teams, but perhaps not at the high quality that we have seen. Um, I don't know what to make of this afternoon. The first game at three o'clock, of course, Ireland playing the West Indies. Ireland getting off the canvas the other day in a game you and I did, Alex, which was just incredible. We'll talk about that in a minute. And then tonight, Scotland playing Zimbabwe. Uh, what are you seeing happening today? Jeez, it's going to be hard to call, isn't it? I mean, up until the 14th overmark of Scotland-Ireland, we had oh. Ireland on uh, QF home, didn't we? So, uh, look, I think what the, the magical thing about this little tournament before the tournament is is just what it, it means to these countries. And to know now that yes. we go into this afternoon's calling with two live games, everything on the line for all four teams, it's it's magic. It's really awesome. Dulo, what are you noticing in terms of um, trends, these sort of emerging players? Are they playing uh, traditional cricket or are we seeing some very uh, exciting things um, form in the shortest form? I think it's a bit of both, Nut. It's um, you still see the the traditional player. I know uh, we watched a, a really great innings from Michael Jones the other night, who who plays largely traditional shots. George Munsey as well from the Scots, but um, Camper from Ireland. He came out. He played all round the wicket. So you see a bit of both. There are still players that can can be effective hitting it uh, the conventional way, but. I mean, there's plenty of innovation in this game, and that's what's so exciting about it. And of those quicks that Flash talked up earlier, who would have troubled you in your prime? Uh, probably all of them, if they're bowling straight enough. <laughs> no, but um, no, I spoke about it in game one. I'm a big fan of Alzari Joseph. Oof. I think uh, he's exciting. He bowls quick, he's athletic. Um, he's what I remember West Indian fast bowling to be about when I was growing up. So I, I really love watching him. But I've been super impressed by the, the Scotsman's slow bowling in uh, Mark Watt and uh, Mr Leask. I think they've been excellent. They got a little bit a little bit of a touch-up against the Irish. I was going to say, it's sort of as, as good as they were going, they just they, they, they got hold of them in the end, didn't they, the Irish the other day? They did, and it was uh, on the back of Camper taking on Mark Watt, and no one had really seemed to do that. They all sort of tried to just sit and wait for him to bowl a bad ball, and he hadn't done it, whereas Camper took him on, and it just knocked him off his line a little bit, and he's 
maybe just wobbled a bit and they got hold of him for an over. He bounced back okay, but uh, it was enough to set Ireland on a path to victory. And victory they got. It was interesting, AJ. Um, Alex was with me, so he knew at the time we were laughing about it. But my father uh, just left a message, and I had a, after the game, and he he's a Cricket Taz member, and he left after 13 overs like a lot of people and um, rang up and said, God, what about the, the six that Jones hit in the Scottish? He wasn't that terrific. I said, where are you, Dad? He said, I just got home. You see, so you just missed that, did you? He said, what are you talking about? No one thought. They were gone. They, they could not possibly, Alex, win that game. And they did. And, and, and now we're left with a situation today with effectively the winners of both teams are into the main group of the World Cup. I mean, you couldn't have scripted that any better. And we see what it means to these uh, oh. emerging teams. Your Flash showed me a video before. Who was that? The Netherlands. It was the Netherlands. They're, oh. they're through. So I agree with Flash. You know, this is... Uh, starting to build momentum, and there's a buzz around town, and they'll wake up this morning and look at this weather, uh, Dulo, and they'll um, they'll be pretty impressed with what they see. Let's hope it uh, holds off. Maybe they could bring the game forward, capitalise on this good weather. Yes. You'd want to be playing now, I reckon. Yeah, good good point. And just on the Dutch, that's, that's super exciting. I've got two good friends in Tom Cooper and uh, our old teammate Tim Vandergooten, old Tassie teammate. Uh, who have made it through, and I, I saw the video too. It was uh, signs of scenes of jubilation as they watched the UAE get over Namibia to secure the, the Dutch in the, the final. But yeah, I just uh, I'm so excited to watch this afternoon's games because what this little tournament before the tournament does is you, you generally get you walk away and enter the tournament with um, an underdog that you're supporting. So rather than just going into the tournament, yep, we're supporting Australia, which we all are, I think everyone just has a little soft spot for one of these teams that manages to, to sneak through this qualifying stage and make it into the main round. And for me, at the moment, it's it's the Scots. I'm sticking by them, Flash. Well, you picked them on day one. They caused the upset against the West Indies. They were pretty much, Alex, had... Well, not one feet. They had two feet in the main draw after 10 overs. I think, what were they, Alex? Mm. Four for 64 after 10 overs. So mm. all their players in the shed. We wondered about the Irish depth in the batting order. And they make 180 with an over to spare. It was one of the more incredible um, results I've seen. What about your old mob Tasmania duels? We need to talk about that. We were hopeful that... The, the result against Queensland was a little bit typical of an early season. You get knocked over early and you're packing your bags after three days scenario. Well, it did appear that might have been the case. Tasmania, 245 in the first innings. In reply, they bowled South straight out for 227. Uh, uh, hang on again. Sorry, South straight about it first, didn't they? 227. Mm. In reply, Tassie made 245. They rolled South Australia for 252. The tail wagged, of course, for South Australia as the wicket appeared to flatten out somewhat. But Tasmania, Caleb Jewell with 100, three for 235. Getting the victory, Peter Siddle on the show last week, eight for 96 for the match. Uh, that, was a, that was a good performance, especially on the bounce back from what happened at the Gabba. Yeah, I think so. I think it's... Uh it was really positive to see that they were able to bounce back after that game in Queensland where absolutely nothing went right for them. They got bowled out early. Queensland then piled on the runs and then they got bowled out again quite cheaply. So in the space of a week for that team to, to bounce 
back um, and do so well and quite clinically. I thought they wobbled a little bit towards the back end of their first batting innings. I, you know, the start they had with um, Tim Ward getting away and, and some contributions there, I thought they were looking like they'd post a high 200, nearly 300 score. So they wobbled a little bit, but uh, came out second innings with the ball, took early wickets, which can kill a team, uh, and then were clinical with the bat. And Caleb Jewell has started the year in some form. Yeah, and Ward's forms are promising too. I heard Tubby Taylor on the radio talking about um, his name potentially one for higher honours in the future. Well, when Flash says that the tail wagged, Ben Manetti scored 85 not out. He was playing for the Newtown Bucks. He was, won a flag with Newtown, of course. And now he's wagging the dog like that. That's amazing. No, Tiger's going very nicely. Um, it's an exciting time for cricket. The women's side are flying too. and One-day game today. And a one-day today. So, it's, um, gee, it's, there's a lot of cricket on at the moment. Do you, do you miss it, Thorne? Uh, I don't miss playing that much, to be perfectly honest. I miss being in the change rooms, hanging out with the guys, um, being amongst that environment. But, no, I, don't, I certainly don't miss the, the pressure of playing anymore. No, so I can leave that up to... To others to to feel that and perform, <laughs> but uh, no, very much enjoying my life now outside of cricket. Working at Ford Scott Financial Planning, it's, uh, it's been a nice change plus. for me. And how's your golf form? I managed the to get one in, didn't nice. I? Yeah, very nice. How's the swing looking? Uh, it feels good, but it's not producing the scores that I want. I don't know. I'm sure you can understand that when you feel Preaching like you're, you're doing everything there, yeah. right, but. Yeah, so I'm battling around with my handicap starting to drift out, which I'm not too excited about. But summer's coming, so hopefully I can bring it in. But I just need a, a bit more of a regular game. I'll need uh, a couple of tips for you before we let you go this afternoon. What are we? What are you expecting? Firstly, we've got the first game, Ireland versus the West Indies. Well, I'm going to go with the momentum of the Irish. I think I'm Ooh, wow. the Irish. Yeah, yes, I just, I just think a game like they played on Wednesday afternoon can do so much for a team that they were largely out of it. They were QF. They were gone. Fourteen overs in, or ten overs in, probably to their batting innings. Yes. But the way that the young, the young camper played, I think he's probably just given them a little bit. Question will be whether that was their grand final and and they on the come down, but. I'm still not convinced with the West Indies. I don't think they're playing terrific cricket. I know they beat Zimbabwe on Wednesday night, but they're kind of playing just okay, in my opinion. And then this evening's game, Scotland-Zimbabwe, I've got to stick with Scotland. I still think they're playing very good cricket. Um, They were beaten on Wednesday. They didn't throw in the towel by any stretch. I didn't think they bowled all that badly. They just were at the hands of a... And innings that we probably may not see again in this World Cup. I mean, that was just simply sensational. So I'll stick with the Scots. I hope they can bounce back and they don't uh, they don't put too much pressure on themselves after that loss. So Scotland and Ireland for me. Former test number three, Alex Doolan, part of the commentary team with us here at SEN. Dools, thank you so much for joining us this morning, mate. Look forward to seeing you at a sun-riched Bill this afternoon. Yeah, can't wait, Flash. Thanks for having me. See you, Matt. See you, Dulo. Take care. 
Alex Doolan joined us here this morning. David Lithgow and Alex Johnson winding through the second hour. He just tipped. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Amy, proudly the doers of insurance. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Amy, proudly the doers of insurance. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Great to have Alex Doolan with us this morning. Just recapping, of course, this afternoon, you're on SEN Fanatic. On your SEN app, wherever you are, you can listen to the last... Massive games at Bell Reeve Oval. Ireland versus the West Indies this afternoon. Myself and Alex Doolan will be there. And then later in the evening, Scotland versus Zimbabwe. Brett Jeeves stepping into the shoe. Alex? Well, I just found it interesting that uh, someone as astute as Alex Doolan could tip Ireland to beat the West Indies in a game of cricket. And we didn't bat an eyelid. No. Because that is the changing nature of the game. It's terrific. You know what's interesting about what Dool said is about this is such an important thing for the growth of the game because, look, we're going to talk to Jared Bairstow in the next half an hour. Basketball and cricket very much, uh, well, they feel like they're competing, don't they? Football, AFL is competing with with both of them as well. Um Terrific. Look, without further ado, we're going to move forward here. Jack Jumper's conversation <laughs> to happen. And it's with great pleasure that we w- welcome, well, one of the two brothers that I've followed for a long time now. Cam, of course, best uh, recently retired. I want to talk about that. We've got Jared here, however, very much a centrepiece in what the Jack Jumpers are doing. Good morning to you, Jared. Morning, mate. How are you doing? I'm really well, thanks. More importantly, How's things with you? Uh, a fascinating start to the season. You've uh, the, the lineups have changed somewhat significantly. Um, we know there's no McCoyle, McIntosh there, of course. Josh Adams not there. Doyle and Kelly are coming with one or two other changes as well. Um, what do you put down this early season to in terms of losing the first three, winning the first three. Is there, was there chemistry things to work out? Um, Mojo getting back. Um, tell us about the early part of the season from your perspective, Jared. Yeah, I guess it's just getting everyone on the same page, getting everyone locked into the details and understanding what we need to do to get it done. Um, we're under no impression that we're the most talented team in the league, and that's completely fine, but it just means that we have to be locked into the details. And I think the first three games, really the first two games, we weren't locked into the details at all. Um, got a lot better in New Zealand and started working through that. And then these last few games have really been on point with what we needed to get done. And is, is it all on the back of, um, you know, put us, put ourselves into your huddles with Coach Scott Roth, etc.? Does it really start and stop with your defensive mindset, your switching, your, your team defence, etc.? Is, is that your calling card? Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah. we say it all the time, defence travels and you can't control whether or not the ball goes in one night or another, but you can control what you do on the defensive end. You can control the looks that the opposition gets. Um, so, yeah, that's our mindset is we can control that end of the court and whatever happens down the offensive end is going to happen. 
Jared, Alex Johnston here. Great to have you on the show. Now, you, Flash said you lose those first three and then you look at your roster and, you know, obviously Adelaide were uh, beating uh, all before them at that stage uh, overseas and it could have uh, got real bad real quick. But um, tell me about uh, what Scott Roth says in that situation. He must have said something that kept everyone uh, focused on the job at hand. Yeah, look, his mindset every day is essentially we're going we're gonna to come in and work every day. It doesn't matter who's on the opposition. We, we've got to come in and do the work, um, and that's all it is. We focus on what we can do and control what we can do. So we took a lot out of film from what we saw in previous games, and then it's just about coming in and executing it. So it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. It's what we do internally. And I imagine he has zero tolerance when it comes to negativity creeping in or anything that's sort of counterproductive. No, no, none whatsoever. I mean, that's his big thing is if you do the work one day after another and don't look at the long-term goals of it, if you just come in every single day with the same mindset, um, the results take care of itself. So there's never any negativity of, oh, such and such needs to do this or whatever. Um, it's just this is the process of what needs to get done, this is the details of what needs to get done, and then let's go do it. And now you've done it. Now you've turned your season around in the blink of an eye. There must be a hell of a lot of belief in the squad now. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of belief that we can we can go a long way with this. Um, again, though, our job is to focus on what we can do to t- today to get better in training and then what we can do tomorrow against Perth. And then there's no real point looking past that one game and then we'll move forward. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of belief in the team and the group that we've got that we've got each other's back. We're on a good page right now, so keep rolling. Integrating the two new imports into the team, Milton Dorr and Rashad Kelly, I no question that um, was always going to take a little bit of time. Um, firstly, with Doyle, he's got a terrific skill set. He's 29, 30 years of age, right in the prime of his career. He's still got some real pace off the dribble. Um, he, he's a... He's a he's a bit of point of difference that we that you certainly didn't have last year with his ball handling, his point guard you know mindset. Um, you must be impressed with what you've seen from Milton. Yeah, Milton's been unreal for us. Um, obviously, he's a heck of a player. He can take game on in his own hands and get his own shot, um, but at the same time, doesn't take away from the flow of the offense for us. And then defensively, his length and athleticism. Um, and his rebound has actually been really impressive. So he's been a big part for us, but more than all that, he's just been a good human. He's good to have around in the around the team and adds to the culture. So it's really great to have him. And then in terms of Kelly, um, I've got to say, some of his offensive and defensive rebounds, in particular offensive rebounds, are the last couple of victories on the road. Uh, that That's something that's really going to work for you, isn't it? Yeah, he's an absolute beast. Um, and that's frankly what we need from him every night is to be able to get up the floor, work guys the full length of the floor, um, offensively make a few plays down the post and then rebound. Like We've got a smaller team, so relying on some of guys like him to clean up the glass if we can. Um, yeah, he's been an absolute beast for us. That last game against uh, United must have been so pleasing that you didn't rely on one player firing. And you look at the score, the score sheet; almost everyone got on the board. You're playing pretty uh, deep at the moment. That must uh, be a good feeling. 
Yeah, and I think getting everyone on the scoreboard, that's just the nature of the system we have. Um, it's like what I touched on with Milt, the way he's able to get his own bucket but let the ball be free-flowing, that free-flowing style gets everyone involved. Every, no one cares who makes the shot as long as the ball goes in. Um, and then it's genuine, genuine happiness. Like if I have two points or I have 20 points, every single person on the team is going to be happy with their stat line as long as the team succeeds. So it's that mindset that allows us to do that and it's that mindset that makes it fun to play with this group. Just before we let you go, um, Jared, how's your brother travelling? Of course, for those not aware in Tasmania, Cam, uh, your brother, he was drafted uh, by the Chicago Bulls, Jeepers, 2013-14, I'm guessing there, to be quite frank. Uh, retired recently, um, some injury troubles. How's he uh, moving on with his next phase of his life? Yeah, he's doing well. So he's excited to get into the sports management side of things. Um, with Rise Sports Management. Give him a shameless little plug there. Um, but yeah, he's really excited to get into it and hopefully see what he can do in the space. Fantastic. Jared Bester, good luck on Saturday night. Of course, Tasmanian Jack Jumpers playing Perth at 8pm. AJ will have the call mm. there with Chris Simons. Look forward to seeing you at the court, mate. All the best. Jersey, thanks for having me, fellas. Play well, mate. Jared Bairstow, an important integral part, I would even oh, go to saying very yeah. much of the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. Time now to catch Anna Pavlou in the news. David Lithgow, Alex Johnson with you this morning, rolling through the last half an hour. Alex, what about that injury? The other We, we just heard that in the news with Anna Pav. Um, that was freakish. What did you... What did you make of it? We're talking about Josh Inglis here, of course. He, that that is that is desperately unlucky. So playing golf in his club snaps on impact, presumably near his grip, did it? And then he cut his hand open. I mean, that is extraordinarily bad luck. Well, it is. I mean, it's one thing to snap a golf club. I've snapped a few in my time, mostly deliberately. Um, but to then injure yourself doing it, it seems... I, I can't imagine how it is a million to one, and I don't know what sort of clubs he was using, but I hope he never has to pay for a set again because that's not meant to happen. It isn't meant to happen. I, mean, I haven't seen him swing. His swing can't be that ugly. Oh, it'd be reasonable looking in the way he bats. That's a that's a big loss. Um, of course, they brought in Green now. Well, they brought in Green. Obviously, they could have brought in Alex Carey, maybe as the backup keeper. But they just looks like they've really just brought in the next best player. Cameron Green had his opportunity at the. Last week at the at the start of the innings, um, but they've reverted back to with Finch and Warner etc. at the top. But Green's explosive, so I, I think I think that's the the right call. Young Inglis, he'll come back. He'll be he'll be fine. It, it really is an interesting conversation with you know Inglis has been on the tours too and the Test party behind Carey, and I'm not sure. I don't know whether Inglis is not even a better player than Alex Carey. Mm. This is this is the. This is the conversations we're going to be having with keeping sure Test cricket's not far away. We're getting, you know, that'll 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 come up over the next few weeks, which are really exciting. It feels like in Tassie at the moment. It feels like we've never had so much things to talk about in terms of local sport. It is, isn't it? Normally, this is sort of the no, no man's land for uh, for sport. You know, the footy season finished and the cricket season hasn't quite ramped up. But yes. it's the opposite at the moment. It is. Cricket season domestically is in full swing. We've got World Cup games on our doorstep. We've got... Jack Jumpers every, once or twice a week. Oh, I mean, we are lucky. And we should probably reflect on the fact that we're lucky. My you word. Know, these things don't happen uh, out of the blue. It took a lot of work by a lot of people to get the Jack Jumpers up. It did. 
And then it took a lot of work to make sure that they were a success. And yep. they've got a culture like the one Jared Bairstow was just talking about. Um, in terms of the cricket, it doesn't, you know, you don't get World Cup games by accident. You've yes. got to have astute people. So we are very, very lucky at the moment and we shouldn't take it for granted. And I'm as guilty as anyone. You know, I'm, I'll happily watch a game on my phone at home on the couch eating uh, copious amounts of uh, snacks. But you've got to go and support it or it won't happen. So if you have a chance to get to the uh, World Cup game this afternoon, uh, you really should go because we are in a very lucky space at the moment. Let's go to a break. No doubt about that. Here, here is my sentiment from here in your words there. David Lithgow and Alex Johnson with you. We'll, we'll crack through the last half an hour here. Hot or not it. coming up. I've got Very a few uh, ones Ooh. that aren't on the list for you. Right that's just in my brain. Okay, at the moment. hit me with them, son. That's hot. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Amy, proudly the doers of insurance. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash, with Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Amy, proudly the doers of insurance. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash, with Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. It's hot, real hot. That's hot, that's hot, that's hot, that's hot. This is hot. It's so damn hot. Not. You know what, I think it's going to be hot in Hobart today too. Top of 24 degrees, a little touch of the summer perhaps. I think no, the, next week's back, the next week's back to 15 or 16 I think. But it is a beautiful day here in Hobart. We're coming to you live from the loft here at Harrison Agents. And it is hot or not time. What a segment it is. Now, I'm going to kick things off here, AJ. Um, a pretty obvious one, low-hanging fruit, but a good one, I reckon. Hot or not? Oh, gee. You're hot in that mic. Excited. Has the prelim World Cup games, as in this pre-tournament in Hobart, exceeded expectations? Hot or not? Oh, hot. Hot like... Uh... Hot like Alex Doolan in a three-piece suit, like you wouldn't believe. Um, the fact that they've all won one game each, we've got a yes. tantalising uh, equation this afternoon about who goes through. We've seen come-from-behind wins. We've seen spicy uh, bowling. We've seen um, you know extraordinary innings uh, late in the piece. So, yeah, uh, what a thrill. And as I said before the break, uh, go and check it out because uh, you, know, you get a World Cup in uh, your backyard very often. Ireland playing the West Indies at 3pm today and this evening the Scots playing Zimbabwe. Flash to the NBA and my Pelicans have got off to a good start, looking pretty yeah, good. They but, look uh, good. That's right, you did jump on them, didn't uh, yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, slowly learning about it all. Yeah, yep. Still a long way from your knowledge. But uh, here's one um, from a different team. Ben Simmons looks like he's going to really struggle as he returns to the NBA. Hold or not. Uh, he struggled yesterday. Um, I'm going to say a not. Obviously, I'm a little nah. bit of a cheerleader. But he, yeah, look, he struggled yesterday. He had to guard Zion Williamson. Now, Zion Williamson, who missed last season with an injury, um, he is a force of nature like I have never seen before. Um, for those who are not, not sure about Zion, he's six foot seven. He looks fit. He's dropped some weight. 
He's still every bit of 125, probably 130 kilos, but my golly, is he hard work. That was Simmons' first game in 18 months. So, Give him time, you say. Yeah, look, he's, the fragilities are going to be tested still. Um, it's his shooting. It's his, um, yeah, it's his lack of aggression on the offensive end. Yesterday he had to defend Zion Williamson. He looked gassed. He was fouled out early. Uh, I'll wait. I think okay. we'll wait. On the fence, that's fine. You're allowed to be occasionally. Your turn. Hot or not, the Jack Jumpers look to have returned to their very best from last season. Hot, and I don't just mean on Stop on the court. It. You're hot. I don't mean just mm-hmm. on the court because their form's good, and I think they've done amazingly well to find a couple of uh, imports that could even get close to filling the shoes of Josh Adams and uh, and Mikhail McIntosh. Um, but they're hot because. It would have been so easy to drop their lip, lose on the road, and and I think all we want from the Jack Jumpers is for them to be competitive. We understand it's very hard to win a championship or even make the finals like they did last year, but we would have been disappointed if they were none and five or one yes. and five. Yes. The fact that they're not, the fact that now they're going to book out the next few home games um, because they are such a great team to watch. No, hot. I love them, and when that's not just us saying it because we feel like we need to. They are a very impressive franchise. Stop it. You're hot. Ditto. Uh, Flash, now this is, how do you not be biased about this one, but I'll let you anyway. Matthew Wade should not retire. Oh, hot. Damn hot. Look, this is fascinating because he announced that he uh, was done. I mean, he was just about out of the side at the last World Cup, of course, and uh, the subcontinent, the UAE, in fact, wasn't it? And he, his form obviously was tremendous. His World Cup final uh, innings was outstanding. Well, you want to talk about a man in form who's come back, hit the ground running for the for the summer over here. I t- he he's only thirty four, so we know, we could name a dozen bats that that played their best cricket at thirty three, thirty four, thirty five years of age. Uh, I think this is absolutely hot. And absolutely, he should not retire and he should continue with this form of the game. The Hurricanes are going to be very excited to, to get him back uh, at the top of the order playing uh, regular cricket. It's good. He's, he, I, I, I marvel at Matty Wade's last three or four years. There was no way he was ever playing for Australia again. Um, he forced their hand. He forced their hand to get in the test team. He forced their hand at short form cricket, whether it be 50 over 2020. Mm. Um, he's a he's a stubborn little bugger, isn't he? No, comp- no arguments from me. Your turn. Ross Lyon, is this this is hot or not? Is Ross the boss, the man to fix St Kilda? Cover this already. You not. did. No. Yeah. Sorry. What? I don't think he is, but he could prove me wrong. Um, you know, he's a thinker, and I like his sort of placid demeanour. But no, I'd, I'd, yeah, it's not it's not going to work for me. Flash. A footy one without notice? Or did you want to no, say go, something No, 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 no. I want you on without notice. Close, closer to home. Footy one without notice. Parochialism, north-south parochialism, is a big threat to Tasmania's chances of getting an AFL team. Uh, well, I'm going to do two-part answer here. I'm going to say in general not. However, the Launceston nah. Examiner is looking like they're trying to make it that way again. From a news perspective, how have you seen the last week in terms of some of the articles coming out from the Northern paper. 
So if you haven't been reading the Examiner, their editorial line this week, they've uh, jumped on a couple of reports about just how much content would have to be at a new stadium to make it viable. Yes. And they've said that it, their business case just doesn't stack up and now therefore they're quite actively campaigning against the stadium being built in Hobart. And they brought in the likes of the uh, old uh, bulldozer Robin Gray, who has said that it's bad news for Utah Stadium. I don't agree with that. Um, but they are clearly, they've got a, an editorial line now saying that the stadium shouldn't go ahead. Now, that makes life very difficult for anyone in politics because, as we know, Bass in Launceston, the most marginal seat uh, in federal politics and also a very important seat when it comes to maintaining power in a state parliament. So you're going to annoy some people if you're back in this stadium now, and I think Labor's smelt the political breeze on that, and the Premier, he's uh, sticking to his guns. Uh, he firmly believes the stadium is needed for the long-term prosperity of uh, a team, uh, but it's politically diabolical now. Mm, it's interesting. It's... Um Look, I think it's a furphy that if you build the new stadium, it hurts Utah Stadium. Of yeah, of course doesn't. we'll need content down south, and we'll need to look outside the AFL. And seven-four split to me seems pretty fair. Um, but the Utah's is a great place to it play is. footy, and it it's is. two hours away from Hobart, so it's not an argument of a new stadium versus Utah's. It's an argument of a football stadium here versus Blunston Arena, and that's the argument. Now, obviously, Blunston looks a million dollars this week. Hosting the cricket, very different story when it comes to an AFL team. Don't you agree, Flash? I agree. Hear, hear. Um, just let it go. And look, it's um, it's an interesting... P- politics and everything in life always plays a part and it very much is on the agenda here with the stadium here in Hobart. Last one, Caleb Jewell, hot or not, Caleb Jewell will play for Australia in one, two or three, even all forms at some stage. Hot. He looks terrific, and uh, I like the way he goes about it. Big score the other day. Well, do you know what I liked about it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it I think he was, well, he made 100, of course. He was 68, I reckon, off 170 balls, and then finished with 109 off 220. His last 40, he did what he does and and smacked him all over the park. But that ability to, from going from a dasher at the top of the order mm-hmm. in the T20 or one-day format um, for Tasmania... Then reverting back to four-day cricket, he looks that that was the innings that sort of told me and said, "Oh, okay, you you can you it's can adapt to be here." Big price on his wicket, yeah. Yep, big price on your wicket. No, um, he's he's exciting. That was a good win at Tasmania. That that um, damn, you know they, they, they've got a bit of an older list in terms of that. They've got Peter all Siddle. Peter Siddle, man of the match. Jackson eight for ninety-six. Jackson Bird sort of thirty-five. Um, Tim Payne's being brought back. A little bit of Dad's Army, someone said to me a couple of weeks ago. But as Jordan Silk said, we, we're we playing for one thing here and we're trying to win the Shield. Mm. So we're going to play our best side. That was a great result. They're back on track. Go, mate. Oh, it's the last hot or not. It is the spring. Flash yes. Animo will go into the Hall of Fame and in rare company when it romps home in tomorrow's Cox Plate. Hot. I don't know it's going to romp home. I don't think my shorts, I can cook things in it. We love the field, and I I don't think it's over the line at all, but, yeah, amazing horse, and a great field tomorrow. Can't wait to watch the Cox Plate. That was Hot or Not for another week. We're going to come back shortly. Alex Johnson, wrap up the show. 
Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Amy, proudly the doers of insurance. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Time for our Harrison Agents segment with a couple of delightful properties. I can speak from experience with these two, Alex Johnson. I need you to talk to them briefly for our listeners. You don't muck around, do you? You find some properties for your clients. 20 Lorimont Avenue, Sandy Bay. Four bedroom, two bathroom, two car spots. Sounds good to me, is it? Yep. Yeah, it's lovely. And an open home this weekend? Open home on uh, Saturday. Scotty Howard will be there. Yep, four by two and two, right in the heart of Sandy Bay. Charismatic, renovated family home located in Sandy Bay is an enviable option for families of various ages, particularly those looking to secure a property that can cater for the requirements of life now and well into the future. But even, well, for me, because I might come down and look at this open home, Adventure Bay, Bruny Island. Stunning. And we're not just talking about a property, we're talking about a life-changing opportunity here. 14 acres. Three dwellings on stunning acreage. This could be anything. Look it up on the internet. It is stunning. It is. An amazing spot. Yeah, 46 Adventure Bay Road, Adventure Bay. A little bit of work to do on one or two of the properties, but but, you can return that to its glory. AJ... Mate, I love sitting next to you. Oh, I love uh, coming and joining you on a Friday, <laughs> especially when it is as gorgeous as it is today. Take care as we start the show. Thoughts with everyone who's been caught up in the floods. Hope you've got a laugh out of this morning's show. Flash, pleasure to join you. Have a beautiful weekend. Catch you all next week. Stay tuned. Cricket this afternoon from Bell Revival will be outstanding. Have a great weekend. Imagine.